Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am, as always, your humble host, Michael Boldea. We did the short intro because we got a lot to talk about, and yes, we're back. We had one week where uh, we were sort of uh, up in the hinterlands, uh, up in the mountains with no Wi-Fi, no cell phone service, uh, just me and the wife and the kids uh, hoping uh, no wild animals came by so I'd have to prove my manhood and die for my family. You know, not that I'd mind, honestly, still. Uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to have uh, a cronut one more time before I went to the afterlife. And uh, they don't have cronuts in Europe. If you don't know what a cronut is, it's an American invention because, you know, we take everything and uh, some would say we make it better. Some would say we bastardize it. So the cronut is uh, basically a deep fried croissant that's glazed with like a hot sugar glaze. And so it's, it's like taking a Twinkie and having a fried Twinkie or a fried Snickers. We just, you know, we, we mock God as far as our hearts are concerned. Like, I dare you to give me a heart attack. Uh, I, I kid about the cronut. I don't eat cronuts. I, I don't want the emails. I'm a chunky fellow, and uh, I'm aware of the fact that I'm a chunky fellow. And so I try to stay away from things that make me chunkier. Now, gas station grilled cheeses are the exception, but you got to admit, they're delicious, Uh, especially with that, you know, aftertaste of diesel. They're amazing. Anyway, we're back. Uh, uh, We got in uh, last night. Today is Wednesday, uh, August the 9th, the year of our Lord 2023. We got in uh, really late last night because we had two flight delays, one after the other. Uh, it was up in the air uh, whether or not we were going to catch our connection in London. Uh, I know the private jet had a problem, and uh, Mitzi, our uh, Labradoodle, uh, she, she, she had uh, the ickies, so she was throwing up, and so we're like, oh, I kid, of course. We flew economy. Uh, I, I sat next to a couple of Indian fellows that uh, likely uh, have never seen a shower, or at least uh, they don't believe in the use of deodorant. Uh, and so uh, at least my wife and kids were two seats up and they got to sniff at each other uh, and they were freshly bathed. So they didn't smell like spoiled uh, fish. Uh, it, was, it was horrid. I, you know, I'm like, wow, Lord, thank you for humbling me once again. I appreciate it. And thank you for reminding me never to visit India. Now, I'm sure there are some who would take that and go, that's racist. No, I'm sure that Indian people are lovely. I knew one who ran a motel in Southern California. Uh, We used to book our rooms for the Hand of Help board meetings uh, in in that motel. Always smelled like curry. Uh, it, It didn't matter what time of day. It didn't matter what season of the year. You walk into that office. I, I think his family lived in the back, so they had... Uh, the reception area, and then behind the reception area, there was their apartments. And apparently curry was a daily dish because you walked into that thing, and if it was hotter than 70 degrees, uh, the, the waft of curry and uh, stale sweat that you got uh, made you appreciate the people that, that 
invented the cancer-causing roll-on deodorant. I kid you not. Anyway, we're back. Uh, I got maybe three hours of sleep last night. Uh, got to bed around one, woke up around four, and have been going at it ever since. Thankfully, uh, there's still coffee. By the way, I know, this is, this is a tip for all of you savers, uh, for, for all of you frugal-minded folk. If you have estate sales in your area and you happen to have a Keurig machine at home, go to the estate sale. There's always coffee pods in the kitchen and they'll let you have them for 25 cents for an entire box. It's ridiculous. They're eight bucks at the store. I, I go to estate sales regularly just because of the nature of what I do as a side hustle. I know you're thinking to yourself, but brother Mike, you have a jet. Why do you need a side hustle? Because there is no jet. There are bills. And so I have a side hustle. Uh, and every time uh, I, I go to an estate sale, there's bound to be three, four, five boxes of unused cured K-cups. And uh, you go, what do you want for me? Give me a quarter. All righty. And that's how you save money. You're welcome. Frugality is going to be key in, in the coming years, even though I know the Fed and uh, all the powers that be, including, uh, you know, one of the greatest economy, economic minds, economists, I wanted to say. So it's not like I'm going to start calling it an economy. Don't worry about it. Uh, but one of the greatest economic minds, one of the greatest economists ever to live on our planet in our lifetime, one Kamala Harris said that the economy is booming and Joe Biden himself in between diaper changes fixed it joe biden fixed the economy you're welcome you peasants you're welcome what your your, your state cost as much as a mid-sized sedan you're welcome joe biden fixed it now a lot of things i want to get into a lot of things i want to discuss it's only been a week that we missed technically eh, two because we recorded uh two shows one after the other even though uh they're they're evergreen they're timeless you can listen to them well, until the, the bombs start dropping, until you start seeing uh, mushroom clouds outside your window, uh, you know, these are evergreen programs. Uh, they make you think and ponder and realize that the world isn't all that they tell you it is. It's not all it's cracked up to be. And there are very nefarious people in this world of ours doing very nefarious things and trying their hardest to keep you from noticing. One thing that I noticed, even though uh, I was limited as far as my uh, internet access uh, during my trip, is that apparently every individual running for president of these United States of America, whether on the Democrat side, because on the Democrat side, it's just Joe, let's face it, until, I mean, Gavin Newsom's trying to, you know, dig a pit around and hopefully... You know, when, when Joe does another one of his stumbles, he falls head first, you know, in, into some spikes. That's Gavin Newsom's hope. But until that happens, Joe's the front runner. He's the one. I, I know he's going to get 398 million votes. It doesn't matter that there's only 300 million citizens in the U.S. He is so beloved in this nation of ours that the dead will rise from their graves to cast their vote for one Joe Robinette Biden. I mean, if ever there was a man and a family that were beyond reproach, if ever there was a man and a family that you could look to and go, hey, I wish my family was like that. It's the Bidens, baby. 
Anyway, I know you're thinking to yourself, has he gone crazy? Then you don't know me. You don't understand my sense of humor, my sense of irony. Uh, I have a friend who uh, is on the same wavelength as me. Uh, he's a pastor out in Indiana, and he, uh, in, a, in a past life, uh, and by a past life, no, I don't mean, uh, yes, I was once Queen Nefertiti or something. No, uh, before he came to Christ uh, uh, or before he became a pastor, I guess, uh, he wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And uh, he, he catches uh, the, the subtle nuances of some of the things that I throw out there that most people don't just because we have the same sort of mindset. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, uh, I said some throwaway line like uh, these, these people are laying down to their uh, most beloved goat or, or cuddling with their most beloved goat. And he caught that one. And it was hilarious. But if you don't know my sense of humor, then you don't know me. And if you don't know me, why are you here to begin with? But I thought you wanted an audience. Not so much. I'm here an hour a week. Uh, right now, I actually have a little camera where I'm going to start. Uh, doing uh, five, 10 minute clips that I'm going to be putting up on the Rumble channel where you're probably listening to this. Uh, just uh, daily introspectives and what's happening in the world and some gospel nuggets, you know, stuff like that. Until then, uh, yes, uh, the, the most noble family that has ever been in the history of nobility, the family of Mr. Robinette Biden. Uh, by the way, that cocaine... Uh, they, they said it belonged to somebody close within the sphere of the Biden family. They're not going to disclose the name. Who's, who cares? Who, it's just some cocaine, all right, in the White House. There's a lot worse things happening in the White House right now. So, you know, priorities. But one of the things I noticed is that whether it's Mike Pence or uh, the, the chunky fellow from uh, New Jersey, uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, Chris Christie, yes, the, the, the man who never saw a donut he didn't love. Uh, everyone apparently needs to go and kiss the ring of a former actor of a third world nation that's at war with Russia in order uh, to get street cred. Uh, Mike Pence did it. I noticed that while I was on the road. I'm like, why are you in Ukraine? Now, Chris Christie, apparently, secret trip to Ukraine, never mind uh, our, our, our most beloved single senator of all time, uh, one uh, Lindsay, the gentleman Graham. You know, uh, he was all a flutter uh, being, being next to a man with facial hair. But that's the one thing that, that struck me. Every single one of these people running for president on the Republican ticket, save for Trump and DeSantis, and uh, the, 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 the chick that doesn't have a chance, and the Indian guy that I actually like. See, again, it proves my point. The Indian guy that's running for president, uh, what, what's his name? Vivesh? Vivish? Something like that. Okay, I bet you he bathes. All right, you, you can't run for president without bathing. He should speak to his people uh, regarding the need for... Uh, you know, uh, taking a shower once a month. I'm not, I'm not asking, you know, every day. That's, but just personal hygiene helps, especially if you're on a 10-hour flight, you know, and it's kind of hot and you've been steaming in the waiting area because if you've ever flown out of Heathrow Airport, that is the worst designed airport in the history of, of, of badly designed airports. Uh, you get off a, 
a flight. If you have to connect, you have to go through baggage, uh, through passport control, and you walk for like four miles to get to your terminal, to your gate. And uh, because our flight was late, uh, we had to run. And a lot of people ran with us. And, uh, you know, uh, body odor only uh, intensifies if you're running and sweating. So it's, it's odor layered upon odor. It was not good. I'm telling you, uh, it, if I, I should start a whole new like diet regimen, just hang out with stinky people. Uh, and that'll keep you from eating anything. And then you lose weight. Now, we talked about the Venezuela diet a few years back, and that's beginning to come into play in the U.S. because people don't have money to buy food in America, which is scary. But, hey, we have billions and billions of dollars to send to a nation where all the Republican candidates are going to kiss the ring of this guy. Uh, you know, and and by, by the time it's all said and done, we'll, we'll probably send, what, five, ten million per head. It's not that big a country. And, again, I, I – feel the need to make the point every time I talk on this topic because I know there are people with short attention spans. Well, why, why do you guys go and do aid to Ukraine if you don't? Look, the people of Ukraine and the leadership of Ukraine are two very different things. There's some very high up people in Ukraine that are getting very rich. All right. The poor people that are getting bombs dropped on them, they're not getting rich. They're getting bombs dropped on them. There's Christians, there's churches, there's children that need help. That the Ukrainian government is not helping with all the billions of dollars that we're sending, by the way. And so that money is getting stopgapped somewhere. And then it's being redistributed and reallocated. I know it's a big word. That's okay. It's getting reallocated and some of it's coming back to the big guy somehow, some way, because uh, there, there's just too big of a love affair with this individual. Uh, did you see the... I saw this. It was hilarious. I, I didn't even look for it, uh, but it was just such a hilarious headline. It, it goes to show how far they'll push the propaganda. Uh, the UK government, the English government, put out a report that the reason uh, the Ukrainians aren't making any headway in the war is because of shrubbery. Uh, there's too many bushes and there's too many trees. And that is keeping them from making headway. Now, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but I think it happened after I did the last program. Uh, apparently, the, the little guy with the, you know, mean streak has decided that he wants Moscow too. And to their credit, once again, it's, I've, I've told you this, there's no good guys in this. There are no good guys in this, including us. I'm sorry. We're trying to use a third party to do damage to the people we consider our true enemy, which are the Russians. The third party being the Ukrainians. They're the cutout. They're the straw man. We're going to throw them under the bus eventually. But until then, this, this, this kid's so high on his own supply that he thinks he has a chance of going up against Moscow. And so they're droning buildings in Moscow now, and apparently that's not a crime. That's not a war crime or anything else. No, that's perfectly legitimate. If you kill a Russian citizen, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham will give you a gold star and buy you a cup of coffee. Killing Russians, what we love. Really, aren't they people too, Lindsey? I know, I know. In your uh, certain uh, preference, in, in your certain uh, way of being, uh, the Russians are too, you know, too much of a stick in the mud. 
they're too traditionalist. Uh, and so uh, I, I understand why you would gravitate towards uh, the young man with the beard. I do. But there are no good guys in this, and they're escalating, and they're ratcheting this up, and eventually somebody's going to get a bloody lip. Because you can only keep up the propaganda for so long. You can only lie to the people for so long. Right now they're talking about what? Uh, uh, in, uh, what is it? Mandatory enlistment in the U.S. Army to go and fight in Ukraine? They're, they're talking about uh, reinstituting the draft? When, when did the American people sign up for this? I know, every, everything the Trump administration did was illegal and it had to be fought in the courts and they couldn't make a decision. They, they had to ask permission from 17 different security uh, apparatuses to go to the bathroom. But apparently Joe Biden can, can declare war willy-nilly. Pretty soon they're going to start drafting Americans to go to war in Ukraine, a war that we've already won. Is it though? Uh, and, and nobody's batting an eye. This, this is the very definition, kids, of a banana republic. And the reason that, that I've, I've tuned out politics altogether. Look, I hope that all, all the seers and all the visionaries that, that see Trump on the unicorn are right, to be honest with you. Because right now a cactus is better than Joe Biden. But when you have people like Mitch McConnell, who's urging the House Republicans to not impeach Joe Biden, even after all this stuff on corruption has come out, then you understand uh, the game board for what it is, okay? There's one person that they're attacking consistently, one person that apparently has so many indictments against him that if he's found guilty of all of them, he's probably going to get hung. And everyone else is playing ball and going to kiss the Ukrainian ring. Everyone else is in the club. This, this one putz out of New York isn't, and he doesn't want to be. And he's the one that needs to be taken down. And by the way, all of these – okay, see, I was going mm, to – I, I understand, all right? And, and some of you know the individual or individuals I'm talking about. I understand that Donald Trump made you have a mental break. It's not his fault your wife left you. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Maybe look in the mirror and ask why. So to, to, to keep going on about this guy being the Antichrist or this guy being a totalitarian who's going to... We, we are living in totalitarianism. All right, right now, you have new leaks coming out where there were extensive meetings between platforms such as Facebook and the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You know that whole justice is blind thing where it doesn't matter who it is. The law is the law. The FBI was putting pressure on Facebook not to release the stuff on Hunter Biden's laptop, to scrub the Internet of it. And you're telling me we're living in freedom? This isn't tyranny? I want you to, okay, again, so many things to talk about. I, 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 I'm just trying to get through as much as I can today because it's not that I'm rested, but I'm back. And the things I'm seeing, uh, let me just read you this headline, okay? 
And then uh, in order for you to understand how, how gross an injustice something is, you just replace certain words with others and see how that would play to the other side. An Oregon hospital refused a Catholic cancer patient treatment because she voiced her views on transgenderism. That's the headline. We're going to get into the article. But first, what if the headline was this? What would the outcry be? A Christian hospital refuses a gay cancer patient treatment because they voice their opinion on whatever. It would be the biggest story in the nation. How dare you? We're not allowed to have an opinion contrary to the narrative in this country anymore, and they're willing to let you die if you have an opinion contrary to the narrative in this country. Let that sink in for all the rising Phoenix folk. Look, I'm, I'm, my, my patience is, is almost gone. It's, right now there's like two drops at the bottom of the cup, and once that goes, I'm going to start going after you people. I'm going to start going hard. All right, you're going to start emailing me and calling me to back off, and I won't. This is your grace period, where if you shut up, I won't go after you. If you keep at it, I'm coming. And you know I can. So, let's get into the article. The staff at the Oregon Health and Science University disregarded Marlene Barbera's concerns when she commented on the office's prominently displayed transgender flag. After she had a disagreement over the phone with a staff member, the clinic dropped her as a patient, informing her in an email. Effective immediately, you are discharged from receiving medical care at the Richmond Family Medicine Clinic. This action is being taken because of ongoing disrespectful and hurtful remarks about our LGBTQ community and staff. Please note that you are also now dismissed from an all OHSU family medicine clinics, including immediate care clinics. This is a message sent to a cancer patient from the people that are supposed to do no harm. Remember that, the Hippocratic Oath? This is a message sent from the Richmond Family Medicine Clinic as long as it's uh, various clinics, including the immediate care ones. Because of your ongoing disrespectful and hurtful remarks about our LGBTQ community and staff. Die. Nope, not even immediate care. Die. Because you won't go along with the narrative that a man can get pregnant. Because you won't go along with the narrative that there's Nothing wrong with a fully grown man in a dress bouncing a toddler on their lap. Huh? America. We are land of the free. God bless America. We're Christian. Stop. You are one election cycle away from them driving up and down your streets, and if you're not flying a LGBTQ flag now, because it's no longer a rainbow flag, if you're not flying 17 flags that have nothing to do with your nation, 
but have everything to do with a perversion, with hedonism, with a sin, then you're going to get targeted. Knock, knock. Hi, I'm Eloise, formerly known as Lewis. I'm here from the IRS. We're here to extend an invitation for you to explain yourself as to why you are not flying proudly the LGBTQ flag, the rainbow flag, the pedo flag, the, the, the minor attracted persons flag. Please understand that this, uh, th- we're, we're just reaching out, wanting to understand why. And if you don't give us the right answer, like I just forgot, Uh, then the full breadth of the federal government will snap your spine and push you into the dirt. And even though you did nothing wrong and you broke no laws, you weren't supportive enough of pedophiles. You weren't supportive enough of perverts. That's your sin. That's the sin you have to pay for. You question The transgenders, you question the homosexuals, you question their mental illness, die. The Oregon Health and Science University Hospital would rather that you die. We will not extend help. We don't don't believe in differing opinions anymore. We don't believe that you can believe one thing and that person can believe another. And they can, you know, live in peace. If you don't agree with us, well, we'd rather you die. Pardon me while I sip from my delicious beverage. Yes, it's hot coffee. This is caribou. Found this at an estate sale. Got about 26 K-Pods for a dollar. Yours truly. Now, the only wrench in their machine. And you know what? You, you got to laugh at the irony of it. Because remember a few years back when uh, the big push was for diversity? And when anybody said anything about Muslim influence in their communities, everyone was up and down. Why are you such a bigot? Islamophobe. Well, now those Islamic Muslim communities, uh, they, they've taken root. They've entrenched themselves. They got on the city councils of some cities, and they're outright banning rainbow flags. They're uh, banning transgender flags. They're banning any of outwardly showing of perversion or transgender reading to kids, and these people aren't understanding what's going on. That's the wrench. That's the one wrench, because the Christians aren't doing anything. Andy Stanley, he's not going to say a thing. Andy Stanley, if only, if only every one of his members was homosexual and transgender and lesbian, if only Andy Stanley would finally be content and happy. Because he, he said it himself. Well, if, if, if everyone was as hardworking and, and, and loving as our homosexual members, look, do you understand where we are as a nation? Because I, I could go on about this, but I get angrier and angrier. And it's not because of what the world is doing. We expected the world to do exactly what the world is doing. We expected the godless to descend deeper and deeper into darkness and sin and despair and all this stuff. 
But we also expected the church to hold the line. We also expected the church to have a standard. We also expected the church to say, no, this is sin. It's not the church saying it. It's, it's, it's a woman with cancer in Oregon that finally said, hey, something's wrong with this. And because she chose to say something, people who swore to do no harm, people who swore a Hippocratic oath, told her to go home and die. We got nothing for you. Now, I also came across this. I know there's a lot of international things going on. It'll happen. It's, we're seeing these things unfold. The U.S. dollar is about to get its throat slit because the BRICS nation are coming out with their own digital currency. We talked about this for a long time. It's, it's becoming a reality. But if you wanted to see a perfect representation of what it means to have your conscience seared. Uh, Rome, Romans is very clear on, on individuals who are so far gone that to them nothing is evil, nothing is wrong, no sin exists. PCUSA pastor slams pro-lifers in a sermon and rejoices in her two abortions. I felt no guilt, no shame, no sin. Her words. That is the very definition of a seared conscience. You killed two human beings. You murdered two innocent babies, yet you felt no guilt, no shame, and no sin. That is the mindset of more people than you would like to believe. That, that is how far gone a lot of people are. Rebecca Todd Peters, by the way, is a professor, an author, and Presbyterian church pastor. Now, I will just say this outright. I appreciate you listening to this program but if you happen to still be a member of the Presbyterian Church, please stop listening to this program. I can't help you. We will never have anything in common. You are blind, you are deaf, and you refuse to see the reality of what is happening in your denomination. So if you are still an active member of the Presbyterian Church, no danke. See, I was in Austria for a few days. Now I'm all speaking German. No danke. Rebecca Todd Peters is a professor, author, and Presbyterian church pastor. She has been active denominationally and ecumenically for over 25 years. Well, there you go. See, wolves, wolves aren't young. There's some old wolves too. She represents the PCUSA as a member of the Faith and Order Standing Commission of the World Council of Churches. Blah, 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 God will judge you. All of these fancy names, all of these people that love titles, I can't get, I don't understand it. A lover of all things baby killing, she also serves on the Clergy Advocacy Board of Planned Parenthood, because why not, and was recently elected 
vice president of the Society of Christian Ethics. It's not April Fool's. I know you're thinking to yourself, is this April? No, we're in August. April is still a few months away. It's unsurprising that she's celebrated and tolerated within her denomination. The PCUSA has denigrated to one massive pen of goats run by spiritual criminals and hirelings with barely a sheep to be found anywhere. In a recent sermon preached to the Community Church of Chapel Hill Unitarian Universalist in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Why, why do people still, if you're there and you're listening to this one, why do you still call yourself a Christian? That's my question. It's a logical question. It's a reasonable question. If you are listening to this woman say the things she said, and you're still sitting in that pew, do you really think that, that there's any symbiotic relationship between her views and what the Bible says? In a recent sermon preached to the Community Church of Chapel Hill Unitarian Universalist in Chapel Hills, North Carolina, wearing a pink stole emblazoned with a Planned Parenthood logo, Peters raged against the talking fetuses aggressive bumper stickers and saccharine billboards quoting scriptures and invoking God's wrath. Yes, indeed. That's the, see? Because you know where you're going, madam. You're, not, you're, you're headed on that slip and slide. There's nothing that's going to slow you down either. So she raged against talking fetuses, aggressive bumper stickers, and saccharine billboards quoting scripture and invoking God's wrath, and lamented that pro-life Christians have gained ground in the culture war in the language around abortion so that even unbelievers views unbelievers view it as a bad thing or a difficult choice. This, this woman, again, this woman is supposed to be a pastor. This woman belongs to a bunch of... Uh, big-named organizations. She's a professor and an author. And she laments. Now, for those of you that don't know what the word lament means, it means she sat about the fact that even unbelievers view abortion as a bad thing. Arguing that Bible verses like Psalm 139, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, have not to say about abortion, Peter shares her disgust that Christians try to use it in that way, saying, I refuse to see the sacredness of Scripture or its interpretation to those who would wield it as a weapon. What about the sacredness of life, you cow? What about that? No, life, not sacred? You just go and just, ah, there's another one. I've had two. You get a third, you get a free ice cream. But now you're old and haggard and your womb is dry. And your skin is out there for everyone to know and your judgment comes. And you will wail in the flames of hell for what you are attempting to convince others is right. 
I too feel that I'm known by God in this ways as a woman who has born two children. I can affirm that I felt something sacred happening in my gestating body during those pregnancies. I can also attest that I felt God's presence with me as I made the decision to end two pregnancies. And I felt no guilt, no shame, no sin. That is what self-delusion looks like. That is what a conscience seared looks like. I made the decision to end two pregnancies. And I felt no guilt, no shame, and no sin. Well, madam, you should have. You should have felt shame. You should have felt guilt. And you should have known it was a sin. The fact that you purport to be a pastor and somehow you can justify murdering two of your progeny is beyond me. I, I'm getting too old for this. Because look, we're instead of doing the difficult thing, and standing up for righteousness. What calls itself the church today is focused on people like this, this woman who wants to be the new pink-haired lady, apparently. Uh, Emma Stark. I, she's an up-and-comer, kids. You keep your eye on her. But uh, she said the following. And again, how people believe this. Look. I believe in the prophetic. I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the presence of the Holy Spirit. But if I was a new Christian, if I was a fresh Christian, without the anecdotal evidence of these things in my life from early youth, without having seen true prophecy, without having seen visions and dreams, without having gone through all of that personally, if I was a fresh believer, and I was reading my Bible and wondering to myself, are these things still around? And I happened upon this crazy woman. You know what? I'd be like, yeah, probably the, the, the cessationists are probably right. Because these are the words of a woman that considers herself a prophetess. Some years ago, many of you might remember that I had a very peculiar encounter in a hotel room in London and where I was under the ground fighting the enemy. And I don't often talk about this publicly because it's a little bit strange, but I thought I was in a dream because I was in bed. I thought it was a dream I was having, and in that dream, which turned out not to be a dream, I was losing a fight underground. And I was dealing with very weighty underground demons. And I knew that I had died in the dream and I was taking my last breath. I had been wounded here on the arm with a poisoned arrow. Is this a plot for the Lord of the Rings? Maybe you saw a movie the night before you had some bat burritos. And you were having a fevered dream. What is this nonsense? But let's continue. As I came out, what I thought was a dream, I discovered that God had moved me physically and spiritually. This is weird. No kidding. Just go with this, she says. Why? Because you say so? Huh? Isn't that always the answer? Just go with it. But this is dumb. This is unbiblical. I, Shut up. Just go with it. 
And I was standing upright in the hotel bedroom looking at my arm where there was a physical cut from an arrow. Isn't it a pierced? Never mind. I See, look, if you're going to lie, just think it through, stupid. All right, just make it credible, believable at least. Okay, anyway, let's continue. A physical cut from a spiritual encounter and blood and poison was dripping out of this arm. Apparently, she was showing an arm, I guess. I don't know. So I had one of those crossover encounters where I thought I was in the spirit, but I was also moved in the flesh, a little bit like Paul writes about in Corinthians. No, that's not what Paul writes about in Corinthians. You lie. You lie. Just go with it. Just go with it. But you lie. Just go with it. Whether in the, in the spirit or not in the spirit. So I knew that under the ground there were difficult demons. Ooh. As, a, as opposed to what? Not difficult? <gasps> and I knew that I wasn't at that point strong enough to deal with them. I see. Because they had literally physically marked me. And for days after, poison was dripping out of my arm, physically dripping out of my arm. Maybe you had a staph infection. Have I told you that story before? Very odd. It's very, very odd. And because I thought I was dreaming and I was very shaken by it. I, I... I, I'm, I'm happy that you watched the original Lord of the Rings, I guess. What do you want me to say? But this is, this is what the church is doing rather than fighting a battle that is on its doorstep. And another one, like I know you guys, some of you are like big fans. I, whatever. I got I to gotta call it what it is. So you, you all know this guy. He was, Greg Locke writes manual about deliverance and casts out demons out of sex organs. Get Moloch out of your member. Well, isn't that nice? There's going to be a lot of people going around thinking that they're exorcists because they bought a manual that, that instructed them to get Moloch out of people's members. And you're going to have instances where there is actually true demonic manifestation and these people don't have power. They're, they're, they're going to be like the seven sons of Siva that, that are going to get just brutalized running around with, with their instruction manual in hand. I can't even, I don't, I don't want to. Look, right now you have me hoping that the aliens are real. All right, I'll be first in line. Take me away from here because the world is losing its mind. So there you go, all you alien people. I'll be first. Hey, take me away. With Saddleback church pastors dress up as cartoon characters for Toy Story 4 sermon series. We ran out of things to say about Jesus. Let that one sink in. We ran out of things to talk about regarding Jesus. We ran out of things to talk about regarding salvation, edification, sanctification, holiness, repentance. 
And now we're doing sermon series on, let's see, because it's not, it's not just Toy Story. There's a sermon series going on about Barbie. There's one going on about Spider-Man. There's also one that's going on about Star Wars. So, hey, you don't need to mention Jesus for the next 60 years. Just go watch a movie and then try to spiritualize it. Simple and easy. Anyone can do it. Oh, I, mm. Anyway, this is what's happening in the church. And the world is making moves. I mean, I don't know if you heard about it. I heard about it from my little brother while I was away. But of all places, Watertucky, Wisconsin has become uh, uh, the seat of controversy. Because people showed up in a park to protest men in dresses, and uh, it, it escalated and uh, just went sideways from there. Look, the day will come, and the day is here, when men will call evil good, and men who call evil evil will be ostracized by society. Look, we like to, to compare our current generation to Sodom and Gomorrah. But I tell you this, we've exceeded the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. Because neither Sodom nor Gomorrah nor the cities around it had the gospel. They did not know the name of Jesus. They did not know what Jesus would do thousands of years later to reconcile men unto God. And so the idea that somehow Sodom and Gomorrah was worse than this present generation is a fallacy. Because we know better, or at least we should. This generation has absolutely no excuses for what it has normalized, for what it has allowed to go on under its nose, for what it has embraced, for what it has validated. Because we have the word, we should have known better. Now, if you thought that there were only a couple of prophetesses that went on this sort of uh, nonsense, there's also another one that says she can hear the drumbeat of the wild-haired native angels. That's right. There are wild-haired native angels who live in the jungle. I mean, granted, look, I, between wild-haired native angels who live in the jungle and pet dinosaurs in heaven, this lady's mild. But apparently our pink-haired lady is on hiatus. She's uh, on vacation. She's spending gullible people's money, probably getting, uh, I don't know, massages. Uh, 
There's a lady called Kim Robinson. Uh, and, and apparently she has a ministry. Everybody has a ministry nowadays. You throw a rock, you find somebody with a ministry. Were they called to ministry? Absolutely not. But it's a title, and people like titles. So, like pretty much every other lady, uh, by the way, the one that we talked about earlier, the one... Uh, <sighs> What's her name? That's right, Emma Stark. She's the one that went to heaven in a porta potty. Uh, she apparently she also fights demons full times underground, and uh, you know bleeds poison from an arm. This one also, of course, because all of them, all of them go to heaven. I mean, you got every middle aged woman with a cat fetish is, is now first class ticket to heaven. Uh, you know, I don't see. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice because it's my first program back, and I don't want the Beth Moore fans to line up again. Uh, so I'm I'm biting my tongue. But you have way too many people going to heaven lately, comparatively speaking. Paul says he knew one guy that went to the third heaven. These ladies just they get the express elevator to the kingdom throne. So uh, apparently she's been going to heaven since 1988. And she's uh, been shown what heaven's really like. Now, I, it's, I'm, I'm waiting for uh, heaven wars, you know, where this one says there's pet dinosaurs. This one just says there's wild angels living in the jungle. Like, that's not true. That's not true. And then this other one comes, the one with the porta potty. You know, I, both of you are lying. It would be great. It would be like like a uh, remember wrestling. I I know I I was a teenager when uh, they used to have the, the Royal Rumbles, the cage matches. We should put these three women in there and just just have them have a Royal Rumble, and whoever wins, that's whose vision of heaven is uh, the closest proximity. Uh, so her name's uh, Kim Robinson, of course. And she's been going to heaven since 1988. How many frequent flyer miles? Nobody knows. But I, it's probably a lot. And so she says this. Jesus would show me various fun places and allowed me to do fun things. Because you know what? When you think about why did Jesus suffer and die, it's so you could have fun, Kim. That's it. I'm sure that now, knowing this, Joel Osteen will open his pulpit to you, and you can tell his people how he was right. Every day is a Friday. Fun, fun, fun for everyone. While Christians are being refused service in hospital because they oppose transgenderism and allowed to die, uh, we'll talk about all the fun that Kim had in heaven. Jesus would show me various fun places and allowed me to do fun things. I asked, why was he showing me these places? Daddy God said, because people think all they do here is float around wearing diapers. That's a new one. I didn't know we got to wear diapers in heaven. Joe Biden's ahead of the pack. He's, he, he's like getting ready for heaven and we didn't even know it. Mr. Robinette Biden, it doesn't wear diapers because he's incontinent. All right, he doesn't wear diapers because he poops himself. He wears diapers because he's a 
physically preparing him for a spiritual journey to heaven. I I, I was unaware. I, I guess Paul uh, didn't interrogate the guy who went to the third heaven uh, closely enough to find out about the diapers. But this is great. Because I was going to ask, are there toilets in heaven? Nobody seems to know. Although one lady went to heaven on a porta potty. Still, the diaper thing makes sense now. Because people think all they do here is float around wearing diapers, eating grapes, and doing nothing but bowing before me. No, that was old school. You know how, how the elders and, and the beasts, you know, bow before him and all power authority. Ah, we don't do that anymore. We wear diapers. I have planned for each person in detail what makes them happy to be here with me. Really? Huh. So I'm assuming there's gas stations in heaven. And they have grilled cheeses. Because that's what makes me happy. I mean, if every individual was planned for. Now, if you guys want to come by, I'll buy you a grilled cheese from my gas station in heaven. But just one, because I, do they run out? That's another question. So you are to tell them heaven is real and fun. And Jesus is coming soon. Ah, there's a message. Heaven is fun and real. So I was in church a while. I was sitting there in church this week. I could hear drums. I could hear, and it was just like a lot of drums, and it was just a cadence. It was just a, such a deep, deep drumming beat, such a deep drumming. We get it. You're trying, to, you're trying to pull on the thread of a lie, and you're trying to make sense, and so you keep talking about drumming and, and deep drumming and deep drums and, and the drums. I was looking around to see if anyone else could hear the drums. And I thought, this is such a drumbeat that it would even make white people dance, you know? Kind of racist. Kim, is Jesus racist? Do black people wear black diapers in heaven? Why are diapers white? That's a little racist. And no one else seemed to hear the drums. But I could hear the drums. I could hear this cadence. And as I was looking, I could see it was like a jungle that I could see in the spirit. And I could see like this in the jungle. Okay, this woman's not going to make it. All right. The, the, the other chick, uh, the Irish one, the porta potty chick, at, at least she, she knew enough of her lie in advance to not repeat herself so often. And all of a sudden, these native angels started coming out of this jungle. And it was a drumbeat that has that is calling the native angels. And these angels, they were wild-haired. They were big. They were raw-looking. What's raw-looking? Right? Samoan? What? They look like native angels, just kind of just a real no-nonsense, very fierce, very international kind of look. And the Holy Spirit was saying, these native angels are being called. This drumbeat is a call to these native angels. They're being called to go and to rescue those that have been captured and return them to their original design, which speaks of creative miracles. And he said they're being called. Okay, lady, no, you're no good at this. I'm not even going to continue. She's no good at this. 
look, you, you, you got to have a framework for your lie. You can't just keep talking about drumming and angels and, and they looked uh, raw. They were, ooh, raw angels, so like a Fabio. Uh, so imagine Fabio coming out of the jungle uh, with, with like wilder hair. This is, this is what this woman imagined. Were they bare-chested, madam? Hmm? Please. I'm sure that Lindsey Graham would love to hear about bare-chested Fabios. That, that, that would get him on the train to the heaven that you're purporting you went to. Bare-chested Fabios having fun. What more do you want me to say? This is Christianity today. And you think that we're going to win this fight? It's up to you as an individual to draw closer to God, to grow in God, to cement your relationship with him, and to determine in your heart that you will not be shaken, that you will not be moved, that you will not go to the left or the right, that you will stand, that you will proclaim the truth, no matter the consequences. I, I have no more words. I can't... I, I wanted to make this one lighthearted because it's been getting weird, but apparently uh, bare-chested angels coming out of the jungle looking raw uh, is, is, is the new narrative. Uh, so heaven is real and fun, kids. Just remember that. Um, that's, this is just sad. I, I am now a sad man, and uh, I'm about to go get myself a grilled cheese because I did not have breakfast, and uh, lunch is almost here. So thank you all for listening. God bless you. God keep you. Uh, we'll see you next week. I'm sure there will be more stuff because it's just – it's 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 like a snowball, but of mud that smells like poo. So uh, this is what's happening in the church, just a, just a giant snowball. And anyone that dares to speak the truth is villainized and criminalized. So, Gino, you got a minute. If you're going to say something, do it now. Uh, next week we're going to do a show about what happened in Watertown. Mike brought it up. It will encompass a lot of things going on in the United States as far as freedom of speech, standing for the faith, and defending the truth, all the things that we need to do as Christians. Also, I have a scripture about what Mike shared about these lunatics. I keep saying they've got this... Uh, not only heavenly visitation, but not biblical <laughs> visitation. Second uh, Timothy four four. They shall be turned away from the truth and turned unto fables. How sad it is! Badly, America needs reformation, or what happens will be ruined. And how much we need to get back to the Word of the Lord. Uh, please tune in next Thursday. We'll have. Pastor Ken on, myself, Mike, and possibly one or two others. We're sure about Watertown being ground zero to protect the truth, our rights as Christians to be able to protest perversion and debauchery, and where we go from here, a call to action. Thank you again for listening to The Light of Truth. 
Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you. They are all the